Betches Media presents At Betches, a podcast hosted by Betches co-founders Aileen Drexler, Jordana Abraham, and Sammy Sage. Before they were business partners, they were close friends who've known each other since elementary school. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. From their awkward middle school years to founding Betches and beyond, get to know the women who've been making us laugh since 2011. Who allowed you to take my breath away? This is At Betches. This is going to be just like senior year, except for funner. Welcome back to the At Betches podcast. I'm Aileen Drexler. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Sammy Sage, and we're the founders of Betches Media. To mark the 10th birthday of the company we founded together, the three of us have decided to join together once again as the permanent co-hosts of the At Betches podcast. This is the second episode of this 10-episode season, where we'll be revisiting our time together as friends and business partners. As you may have heard in our last episode, we've been friends since childhood, but we were also college roommates. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the four years we spent at Cornell University, the place where Betches started. Okay, let's start with a recap of how we ended up going to the same school. I would just like to correct our intro (laughs) that I went to Cornell for three years Fun fact. Where'd you go? Where'd you go first? Well, Sammy and I were abroad. Yeah. So we only went for three and a half years. Okay. Um, Yeah. My first year I went to Binghamton, but we can, we can get into that here. As I mentioned, I had burnout. Um, Okay. (laughs) That was a different podcast. (laughs) Okay. So how did everybody end up at Cornell? I think we heard your story last week sammy right with the uh <laughs> yes we heard growing, with, with, the, with the with the princeton mishap the 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 depressing um incident of princeton rejection 2007 <laughs> i don't know why we're still talking about it it's like 15 years later <laughs> and like it still comes up like once a Sammy's month like i've gotten over it can you, you guys have it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um well well, I didn't get into my top school either. I think I mentioned last time I wanted to go to Brown. I didn't get in early. And then I was waitlisted to both Cornell and Northwestern. And I got off the waitlist at Northwestern. I was so excited. I paid my deposit. I got my like Northwestern purple shirt. And then I got into Cornell off the waitlist. And my mom was like, you're going there because it's state subsidized. Yeah, I was basically yeah, it's way. Yeah, cheaper. mine was basically the same thing. I was like, I opened the Cornell letter and it was like, I thought it said rejected. I was like, fuck you guys. And then I got like, except to NYU. And I was like, I guess I'm going to NYU. My parents are like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not going to NYU. Like you were accepted to Binghamton. You're going to Binghamton. I was like, the fuck? And because like, obviously, again, the my parents are like going to a state school that there's like no there's no really outline (laughs) there's no there's no gray area um and then i reread the cornell letter this is a true story and i like went back and i was like wait a minute i wasn't rejected it said like i have guaranteed transfer and i was like oh okay so i like had good grades in binghamton but then at the end of that year i really didn't want to leave i like loved it so much but then i went anyway because my parents were like "Mm, you're going to an ivy league school (laughs) (laughs) what's interesting is that none of us none of us like our first wanted to go go i mean i guess like it's not like a not wanting to go but it's like none of us were trying to go to cornell originally well i think our school our high school had so many people who went to cornell so like i feel like it sounds weird that we all three randomly went to cornell but there was it was i would say one of the I would say like the most people probably went 
they, like not like obviously most not most of the grade of the student body <laughs> but just like I'll, like i think 15 like, people, people from, our, from grade. our grade like yeah. do we just 15 people go anywhere else i don't think no. so no like no, not even like a feeder, any yeah. feeder ivy um high school for that school yeah for like cornell anytime only. i walked <laughs> through cornell like i saw someone from fucking roslyn of any yeah. grade it was really wild but then the years after us they stopped accepting people because of the sat scandals for the kids younger than us <laughs> maybe they were just like we can't have another set of betches coming out of this school <laughs> destroying our, our reputation yeah. these assholes um i don't even think yeah. we're on the notable alumni list which is incredibly rude because they do call us for donations so yeah, I, got, I get true. text messages every day. Yeah, and like alumni event things, and we're in the alumni magazine, the alumni Cornell alumni magazine. Yeah, yeah, they can't put us on Wikipedia. Like, if anyone's listening and is a Wikipedia <laughs> editor, you know what to do with this information. <laughs> um, we, but I like honestly because I I talked about in the last episode how I had like severe like high school were academics burnout like early i don't remember caring that much about college personally at all like in the way that my brother who's 10 years younger than me really really cared and how i know other people cared so much about getting into college i was just like wherever my parents are telling me i go i'll just go there i wasn't so intense about like loving any school like the way that you loved princeton <laughs> you don't have to keep um, talking about <laughs> but i'm just saying i just don't remember like fantasizing about like any school ever I just I barely visited any anything I don't know what it was okay I needed to fantasize about a school so that I would like have something to make all the work I was doing worth it like if I didn't have a school to fantasize about like what would I have what would it all be for <laughs> you know right what's anything for if you don't have like a like you're not envisioning like what you'll get at the end right the the carrot being yeah. dangled right but that's yeah. what I mean I, because of my burnout I just didn't fucking care i was like this can just i just whatever wherever well, i go i go but i was like obviously so happy i ended up going to a good school yeah. but that's I, I, I was hard. burnt out when i got to college and i just like i don't want to say like i didn't care but like i just was like how do i take like the easiest lowest like it was more that i was like tired of taking the path of highest resistance from high school like taking the hard physics class and like you know proving that i can do like this hard thing like in in college i was just like okay i'm just going to do the thing that seems the most appealing and like doesn't seem that hard and like oh, will give me a schedule that is comfortable like i di i wasn't cuz i also didn't like have a job that I was like super excited about like I thought oh I'll be a lawyer but like that wasn't I didn't have that like excitement about it so I was just sort of like okay like we're here why don't I focus on anything but like my classes you still did pretty well I'm sure well thank you <laughs> but, I'm sure yeah I mean I was I I was pre-med I blame my guidance counselor of Roslyn high school for this that like she didn't tell me that I didn't have to major in biology to be pre-med and that is like one of the you hardest didn't? fucking majors no she didn't tell me I just like thought I had to that's what I'm saying I didn't like look into this enough <laughs> I would have assumed that I mean I although there was it. 
in in ILR, there was a girl who was double. She was double pre med and ILR because she was like deciding if she right. was going to be like a lawyer, or a doctor. I'm like, whoa, not this is. Cornell was weird and unique in that you couldn't just like apply to like a school. You had to apply to like a major within the school. You couldn't just like apply to like the College of Arts and Sciences. You had to like pick a major before when you applied, which is actually kind of annoying because who knows? No, what you I think really with like. the College of Arts and Sciences, you didn't have to pick a major. Oh. I, well, then maybe that was just human ecology. With, with, yeah. I mean, ILR, the, the school was the major. There was no like, ma- you didn't, right. I didn't even pick a major. I just went to the school and the whole thing was the major. And yeah. oh. I'll be honest, I picked ILR because our friend Diane showed me the brochure and it was like no math requirement, no language requirement. And it was all like social, like the brochure, the brochure. No, like literally she brought me a brochure to Pamphlet. school. Uh, no, yes, right. a physical piece of paper. And she was like, she's like, I promise you're really going to like this. Like, it's all stuff you're interested in. I'm going there. <laughs> and then like, I and, and then I did like, I feel like Cornell is like an MLM scheme because I feel like you did the same thing to me. <laughs> did of. I? You were like, you should apply to Cornell. Like, for <laughs> <the> sure. <laughs> It's like a gifting table. Um, you know, you were like, um, I remember you were like, yeah, I'm going. Like, Diane's going. Everyone's going. It's going to be great. Oh, the um, cool people. You were, better be one and of them. Then I was like, seriously, though. And then I was like to my guidance counselor, like, oh, I'm going to, I think I'll apply to Cornell. And they're like, well, don't apply to ILR because you won't get in. Pick a different one. Pick a different one. Apparently, Cornell guidance counselors, not that great. Seriously. Um, so she, like, she was like, you probably won't get into Tyler, so pick a different one. Why so then I was you... like asking around. I was like, what are the non-science? Because I hated science. I was like, what are the non-science majors at Cornell? And someone was like, oh, this Pam major, policy analysis management. So I was like, oh, that's fine. Like, it seems like I have a better chance of getting into that. So that was how I chose my major, which yeah. I actually wound up liking. Same. But very, very did you, random. Did you guys have to pick a concentration? No, it was just like you oh. go to ILR, or maybe I, actually I we did, did pick one. I it was did. law and society, right? I had consumer concentration. Mine was cell and molecular biology. <laughs> <laughs> Remember your flies? And look how much Those of that you use worst. right now. Okay, I lived with. Okay, there was I lived with a pre med roommate in junior year before we went abroad, and then you senior year and oh my god the only fucking thing you guys would ever do was like run to the lab at seven a.m. to go count like how many dead flies were in your fucking petri dish weren't dead okay sorry we had to we had to put them to sleep right count them under a microscope to see this was a genetics class and and sometimes they would wake up (laughs) and then they're just falling in your fucking face it was literally two years two years in a row i had to like i was i was living with people who were taking this fly class (laughs) i'm just like wow i'm so lucky i only have to go to like it was i don't know fucking brutal <laughs> the best was senior year sammy when you didn't realize you weren't actually enrolled in personal finance management so you went for like half the semester and then you were like oh i'm not enrolled i'm just like not gonna take the test <laughs> then you just stopped going <laughs> yeah but you know i did learn you know three classes Very important class <laughs> yeah you got yeah. halfway through personal finance management <laughs> <laughs> you stopped managing your finances. Jordana, remember your all girls dorm? Oh yes. Well, that was Balch. Yeah. I lived in Balch, which is like, so I, I feel like if I biggest change when I went to college, I was like so naive. I never really like knew or thought about anything. I was just like, I was almost like in when you were lean, you were like, I didn't really 
think about like which school I was like, I need to get go to the best school that I could possibly get into. Um, so that was my number one thing. It didn't matter what it was or where it was or like who was there. I just needed to go to like the best school that I could. So I got into Cornell. I was like, I'm going. I never visited. <laughs> I never like I never visited. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about dorms. So when they asked a preference on the, the rooming sheet, like, what do you prefer? I just assumed like all dorms were like all girls or all boys dorms. So I just like click that I didn't care. So I got put in Balch, which is actually like a really, really beautiful building. Yeah. Um, it's really, really nice. The rooms were huge and they had like a sink in them, weirdly. And I had a single. You had like a fireplace. Which, or am I just like, it, or was it like broken? Huge, I don't know. It wasn't a fire. It might have been fake fireplace. I, I think don't know. It, was it wasn't fake. a real fire. I remember going to your room once and being like, oh my God, this is huge. It was really big and really nice. It's like going I to an apartment like, outside of New York City. Like, you pay for, like, what do you pay for this? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was nice. It was just like hard. It was definitely harder to like meet people in there. I would say like the the crew in there was a little more, um, homebodied. Um, yeah. yeah. When I came to visit you, one time I think I surprised you, but I came and yeah, I was like, "Holy shit, your room is huge!" And then you were like, "You want to take shots of sambuca?" <laughs> I was like, "No." And then we did do that. And then, <laughs> And you like pick, took it from under your bed. But then so we were getting ready, like straightening your hair, whatever. And then we left. I remember like we walked past all the girls like staying in They're studying in the hallway, dressed ridiculously like in huge bandage skirts. Yeah, like tiny ass skirts and huge heels. And it was just like we were just like, this feels like a walk of shame, even though we were going out. And yeah, all the girls were just like looking at us studying in the hallway together. Yeah. yeah. And that was re- I just remember the shot of sambuca like you were like this is like vodka right <laughs> it had alcohol in it <laughs> i was like this is disgusting that was we so took gross it anyway uh, at least we were at an age where we weren't getting hung over at the same level oh my god seriously like, taking shots of sambuca now i would just be like incapacitated for several days like a whole week <laughs> So, Jordana, you were like getting used to um, all girls dorm, but you what was our dating life like? You did you you had a boyfriend? I did. I met uh, my first boyfriend in like, I think, November freshman year. Um, Is that the end of the year or the beginning of the year? That's the beginning. I met him beginning of the year. Yeah, it was like my I can't believe that continued kind of till senior year. Sort of. Sort of. It was like not it was like real. It was like. It was like on, on and and for like two years and then it was like on, on and, and off, off and yeah. like a weird and that began my my uh, period of messed up dating cycles and then <laughs> that I had to spend my entire 20s working out. Well, <laughs> now you have a podcast about it helping other people. So I guess it was for <laughs> the best. Go. Yeah, that's crazy that that started so early. You never you know, you don't think about how young we are, but like, yeah, I felt really I mean, old at the time. Yeah, I remember feeling like, I don't know, like I never I was never really like dating or like speaking to that many boys in high school. So that was like a big change for me. It was like my foray into dating. Well, the really. funny thing is that remember when we were we played the game last week and you guys asked me about like, would I be mad if you dated my boyfriend or something? Yeah, <laughs> well, it's really funny because he went to Cornell. Yeah, <laughs> he did. He went to so Cornell. many people went to freaking Cornell. But like I but I like dated, but I stayed with him through to middle of freshman year. But then we broke up and then I still transferred to Cornell <laughs> afterwards. Did you ever see him? Like, um, maybe like once or twice. 
but that was it. It wasn't like official, you know, and well, you broke up before you got there, right? Yeah, like halfway yeah. through Binghamton, I was like, yeah, I need single life now. <laughs> and and that's like because you I, you guys know I was like so boy crazy in college <laughs> and and in high school kind of. too. Yeah, it all began in high school. For sure. Before maybe, maybe even. kindergarten. Yeah. Maybe kindergarten. <laughs> Honestly. I don't like um, remember what you not having like a, a guy you were focused on. Just so funny because like I feel like that's so not part of your pers- your brand now. You know, like having a guy to be focused on. I mean, you're you're married, so hopefully not. But like, you know. <laughs> I focus on one man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I always, yeah, I, but I never like was focused on like 12 people at a time. Like I had a crush on like one person at a time. It was one person like in, it was like the guy in my fly class. I really think he's so cute. Like, like whatever, like, and you would kind of like always have them for like a situation. Like, oh, when we go to this frat, I'm into this guy. Well, because I always wanted some distraction for whatever I was doing. Like I hated genetics class and I was like, okay, I need to like focus. I need to like some boy here so that I have a reason to go to class. Like, it was the same thing for all my whole life. Listen, we all know that scratchy PJs can make a cranky kid. I want my kids to be comfy when they sleep and are rested in the morning. And that's why I snuggle them up in Little Sleepies. Little Sleepies makes award-winning bamboo PJs that moms rave about. I am said mom. I am obsessed with Little Sleepies. They are so, so, so soft. I just got one that was the Checkmates Zippy. For my son Lucas. It's so adorable and it's limited edition, so everybody go check it out. Little Sleepy's Zip Romper Pajamas, aka Zippies, the ones that I got, were designed with thoughtful details like fold over feet, mittens, and a double zipper to make the middle of the night diaper changes easier. Made from the buttery soft, custom milled Luna Lux bamboo viscose. Their zip footy pajamas are gentle on sensitive skin and babies with eczema. But what parents rave about the most? How long they fit. And Little Sleepies makes the best baby shower gift. They have inclusive sizing from preemie to adults 3X. There are also nursing and pregnancy-friendly styles available for adults. So try a pair of Little Sleepies today. Fair warning, you'll never go back. You can try Little Sleepies for yourself by visiting littlesleepies.com. Plus, get 15% off your order on littlesleepies.com with code BETCHES. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-S-L-E-E-P-I-E-S.com with promo code BETCHES. Okay, should we talk about like being in a sorority? Because yeah. like right now we are sort oh, yeah. of slowly gearing up to the day that we launch Betches, which is our senior year for context. The right. three of us live together in an apartment, which we recently, not so recently, when we Two went on our ago. like book tour, 2018, 2020 was a wash for me. I feel like 2018 was only one year ago. So um, we went back and we did a panel and in that panel we were like does anyone live in 312 apartment 315 no it wasn't 314 i always think it was 314 but it was 315 you're right it was 315 and and they were like yeah my sister lives there you want to come over and we're like what are the fucking chances so we went and we like sat on the couch that we started betches and they were like betches fan okay and Kay was there get out and Kay was there (laughs) it was just so and then we were like all right time to go and like before that we went to um what's the greek place called 
Suvlaki, Suvlaki house. Slovaki house and like had the green salad, drink a lot of wine. We were just like so full. Okay, we got to go back to the sorority. We, we can go get back. to yeah, the apartment. Let's go back, let's yeah. go anyway. back to the sorority because I actually think that's where the, the inspiration That's what I'm saying. The story's cooking. And, yeah. and, and for batches. The sorority came. was the marinade that it all. Before we baked the blog. Sororities were like a lot of our humor, like joint humor observations. My take on this is that like we grew up in Roslyn. Yeah, we like didn't really question anything. Then we like had our freshman year. Then we went to the sorority and all the like attitudes and sort of like status markers and like kind of all of this, like like the culture sort of like was so like the sorority culture was so like. Um, ingrained it, of an official that like once yeah. you saw it sort of like officially laid out as in like hot girls go to this sorority ugly girls go to this sorority and when it's put in those like terms right it becomes like really gross and you're like holy shit like these things that or i've been thinking are process. gross yeah the whole yeah. process of rush it's like disgusting but so i think that like while we maybe didn't have like the intellect or the insight to like interpret it before we were kind of like just going through the motions once we got to the sorority right. we were like holy sh-, like and once the rules of the sorority were like codified we were like this is so fucking dumb and that's i think where like the self-awareness piece right came i think yeah i think the rush process it just like it was something we did, but it felt really wrong, at yeah. least to me. It felt like so wrong. This is like you would that you would have like they would take, you know, you'd have girls and they'd put them on the PowerPoint and it'd be like, you know, like, is she hot? Who's she dating? Blah, blah, blah. Like, Going do we want to be like, where did she go? Where did she go this winter? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, if you want to talk to her, talk about skiing. And then after you speak to her, give her a ranking of one through five on this index card. So you don't forget and write notes, right? And write notes and put it and like that. I mean, like. Compared to, I think a lot of other sororities actually in the country, I think that was actually pretty tame. It I was. feel like there, it's gotten, it's definitely a lot worse. We than didn't we. even have like hazing. Yeah, the only hazing we were allowed to do is wear green on Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> so Jordana and I lived in a we shared a house. room together in the house with another friend, um, and we were definitely hi, Amanda. yeah hi Mandy. We were definitely the worst room in the house like well we got that room because we didn't have enough rush points to, we got like last pick because none of us did anything for the sorority how do you get rush points by like attending events like, and like posting like, on your facebook like who knows like or like doing things for your sisters or like <laughs> you're like you know what i mean <laughs> like helping with what was that stupid sh- like stupid shit yeah so we didn't have them we had the least rush points we moved into that like attic um, I do feel like soror- the sorority life made college feel more like high school than high school did. Absolutely. Yes. Like, right. I feel like so much. in high school, you almost had more, at least in our high school experience, there was more of a chance to like be an individual and do your own thing. And like in college, it was like you're in a sorority, your label slapped on you and like that's who you are. And like these are your friends and this is how we do things here. Exactly. Well, I think we felt okay. I think the reason why did we join a sorority is probably something people may be thinking, because <laughs> at Cornell, the social life was sort of equated with being part of Greek life. I think only thirty percent of like actual people are, were like in sororities, but like we said, almost when Ian and I were talking about Balch and the and the dorms, the people who were not in sororities were like studying a lot and not really doing much. Actively. I think there were some people who weren't in sororities who were still going out, but most people who were like part of the like, we're having fun, we're going out group 
were in sororities, but there were many, many, many people who were not in sororities who were working very hard. Working hard and they had social lives. It was just the social life was not centered around frat parties. Like it was a different type of social life and it wasn't around like hardcore drinking. Like that's that's the social life that was told to us that we need to be a part of. Like that right. sort of and we didn't really have the opportunity to explore outside of that. Like you could go to frat parties if you weren't in a sorority is like like when I went like I, I transferred. Right. And I like I knew you guys, but. When you I friends like you came with us. Remember when you got yelled at because you weren't supposed to hang out with us because you were a pledge. That was by the time that she was doing that. She was already like in the sorority. Oh, right. That's true. No, I know that. But even, but before that, like re- really in the beginning, like I went my my transfer friends that I met in my transfer dorm. Like we went we we hung out. We went to different types of parties. Like, we went to apartment parties. It was like different. But I'm just saying it was like a different type of like social culture. So here's the thing. Part of the reason I didn't want to go to Cornell is because I knew I would get sucked into this whole life that we did eventually get sucked into. And I wanted to not do that. I thought that like if I went somewhere where like a million people from our high school didn't go, I could actually like break away. But then I went to Cornell and I was like, this is so much easier. All like and and I think that again, like it just was me following the path of least resistance. Like we had friends, they went, they were in sororities, they went to these places and just like I was just kind of following that. Like that was it for me. I also think people join sororities because it's like an automatic in to making friends. Think about freshman year. If you're going into a school where like say 10% of your entire grade isn't going to the same school. You're alone. Like if Jordana went to Northwestern and like she, she doesn't know how do I start making friends? The easiest foray into that is throw yourself into a sorority where it's this like automatic friendship sisterhood. All the friends that I had did join sororities. The ones you had before that. Right. Yeah. But say you didn't know anybody. That's what I'm saying. Like, and it was just like everybody just agreed since we did know everybody everybody just agreed that's what we're doing right so, right well it's, right. It, it, it's the culture it's sort of like what you do and like I don't think personally at that point in my life I was like in a position to go against the grain in that way like I just wasn't well here's the thing I feel like once we got into like sophomore junior year we started to rebel a little bit about against the sorority and part of it I will admit I think we could all admit was like immature and mean like yeah. writing emails to our you know what i mean like sort of like punking our whole sorority by like just kind of like fucking with them on like about stupid things yeah some of that was like kind of dumb and mean and immature but sure. some of it was like an actual rebellion against things that we were seeing which we we did not agree with partly i feel like it was rebellion for a real reason and part of it was rebellion for like just because we were like bored and immature and and I mean I definitely like regret being that way but I also feel like it was the era of confusion in some ways like we didn't like yet know how to how to like express that in a constructive way and we were still in the sorority so like we were like well they're wrong so we're just responding but like I don't know I I feel like it was formative like it's funny how we're like we're talking about school and as we're talking it through it's kind of like this was the period of our lives where we were like we should stop caring about things. We should stop taking things so seriously because like a lot of this shit is stupid and ridiculous. And like, I think we were, it's funny to like, I didn't even think about this. I think until we talked it out, but in in high school, it was like, everything is really serious. We need to get to get, get into really good schools and do the best thing we, we can. And then in college, it became like, 
you know, you're getting a little older in some ways, getting a little more insightful, being like a lot of the shit that we've been told, like we are supposed to care about has like some sort of dark undertones to it and might not be like the best thing for us. So I do think that really like launched this, you know, what, what later did come to be batches. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, I yeah. think there's a lot to say for the the culture that they were sort of sharing with us that we were like forced now to be a part of like rush dress codes. It was fucked up. They told us, like, we'll tell you if you can leave your hair curly. We, we will right. email you if You'll, you can wear everyone's hair must be straight. We will email you if you're only if your right. Hair that is curly. so fucked up. Like, imagine. And now yeah. thinking about that, like, imagine from like it just shows how undiverse the sorority was that like those things were not like that we that were, was okay we were jewish girls with all very curly hair and they were basically telling us that we all needed to straighten it and only the girls who can pull off curly hair will be emailed with with being allowed to do that like to me as a girl jernana also a girl with extremely curly <laughs> hair very it, I was insecure about it for my, like I basically straightened my hair until I had none junior for junior year. So it was just, it was just like, that's fucked up. Also, they were telling us that like the same rule applies for girls who can wear leggings. Yes. Like yes. that is also, we will email you if so you can wear leggings. No, it and was like, there's a limited number of people who can wear leggings yeah, per day. Pants, yes. yeah, yeah. And they'll tell you who can. The thing is, is that when we kept seeing things like that, it only like pushed the message for us further that this is bullshit at the same time we couldn't really identify like we weren't there enough that we couldn't identify what was going on but we just knew this can't happen like we are not for this messaging like this is bullshit and i think the fact that like we've always had the self-awareness but we weren't necessarily that self-aware <laughs> right um is what allowed us to sort of go against the grain and maybe the the way in which we did it like you said, was immature, but it's the only way we knew how, because this is the, that was the culture we were in. And it was right. Like, Jordana, you deactivated. Because, <laughs> like, she wanted money from Miami. <laughs> it was Vegas. Yeah, okay. um, <laughs> but you did deactivate. It was like you, it, it wasn't important to you anymore. And it was bullshit. It was just like the whole culture of sorority life. Yeah, like I can think about like some like I can think about like some girls who are in our sorority. I'm like, I don't feel like they stood for that either or like would stand for it now. But they were doing it because like, but the only difference was that they were obedient and we were not. And I think that's kind of also where Betches came from in the sense of like, we're not going to just write like exposés for like the school paper about why like Cornell life is why Greek life is toxic. We're going to like I think that was why that satire format really worked for us because it was like we can like fake endorse this lifestyle while like making fun of it because we know that it's like because we're still doing it. So we're making fun of ourselves. We're not like totally too good for it. We keep doing that. We keep drinking. We keep going to these frat parties, even though we know it's kind of messed up. But like examine why are we doing it? Like, but still right. do it at the same time. And Our brains were like not developed enough to fully examine that in like an objective way. Like we were under 25. Totally. We were 21. Richard Anna, you're going to say 20. <laughs> God. <laughs> We've all been there trying to fit everything we might need for a trip only to end up with a suitcase bursting at the seams. But with base, there's room for everything. 15 pairs of underwear for a weekend trip. 
no problem. Deciding between a few pairs of shoes, bring them all with base. It is my go-to travel bag. I love that the bag expands because I'm a chronic overpacker and it still fits in the overhead compartment. It just makes it so much easier to travel when I know there's a special place for everything. It makes me feel like a more organized version of myself. And I love that cushioned handle. I always get compliments on it too from anyone who's helping me with my bags. Base is thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360 degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, and all the interior pockets you need. Their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors, and for shorter trips, the Weekender bag is super functional and even has a place to store your shoes separately. Every piece is made to look better with miles, so you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead. And Base has over 30,000 five-star reviews. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Base has your personal items covered. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash betches. Go to basetravel.com slash betches for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash betches. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Think of yourself like a bottle of sparkling water. Get too shaken up and you're eventually going to burst. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I love therapy. I've been to therapy for many years and I love that when I have a big problem, I don't have to wait and let it fester and let it get bigger. I can start bringing it up in therapy and talk through it before it becomes an even bigger problem. Figuring out how to find coping skills when I've encountered anything that triggers me or stresses me is one of the main things that I've really learned from therapy and has helped me so much in my life. It's helped me to be a better version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. So should we talk about like starting it? Like since, you know, we so move forward, moving forward. I know that's like a lot of time, sophomore, junior year. So let's just fast forward. A lot of shit happened and we are living together our senior year. We're in an apartment um, and it is February 15th, the night 15th of- or 16th. <laughs> okay, it was 15th. The night the- of the 15th. It was midnight. So it was technically the 16th. <laughs> so where were you guys like mentally in February of 2011? I know where I was because you sent me the 10 year anniversary of the first time we went skiing. We went with um, a guy who I was in a situationship with, if you could call it that. So that's like where I was. That was like what was occupying my brain. And also... Just like, I just envision us like on on myself on the couch. Oh, I was also on my spring break diet where I was only eating um, three Tobiko ham rolls for dinner every night. (laughs) Yes, that was where I was mentally. And Um, then paying Aileen to go get us frozen yogurt down the street. Yeah, we were, yeah, we had a threshold rule. Um, We, yeah, where was I? I was obviously, all I wanted to do was go out every single day. Again, I hit my, I hit my burnout point. I was like, planning to take a a year off going to med school and I was just but at the same time I still had to do all this I was had some fucking awful immunology class which really would have would have worked for this this year this last year for COVID um but I I never went because it was at 8 a.m like a 30 minute walk from from my apartment and so I had a quiz that next day at eight in the morning that I was just like 
fuck it. I'm just not, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wing this immunology, this very, very specific immunology quiz. Well, look where that took you. Yeah. Exactly. Right? It didn't, didn't really, I mean, I think I got like a, a B minus, but <laughs> I'm saying if you did, you if you remember? didn't wing it, if you didn't Wait, wing it, like, where would you be? Um, if you were like, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm only focusing on this, this thing quiz. that I'm supposed to do. Probably be a doctor. Um, <laughs> I remember, I remember it is February 15th and I remember I was so depressed. She hates February. Day. I mean, I don't like February, <laughs> but on top of that, said, said boyfriend from freshman year that I was on again, off again, on again with, I remember like we were like definitely off and he took this freshman to he took her out for Valentine's Day and I saw it and like I was and I didn't have any plans for Valentine's Day. I didn't get like asked any formals or or done anything. And I just remember be, like hearing and knowing about this thing. And we this was like an off period for us. And he was like seeing someone new. And I was like so like depressed about it, but trying to pretend that I didn't care. But like so, so, so upset about it. Um, so this was a great like way to channel that, I think also just to be like. I, I didn't have any schoolwork. I had graduated in January, technically. Um, so that was like all I was focusing on. And bartend- I was bartender. I forgot about right, that. Right, right. You, you, you serve, mentioned it all the time. You can only serve beers and vodka sodas. And Bloody Marys. I mean, what, else, what else were people really ordering right, at true. a college bar from right. the 15 minutes they went out between 12.45 a.m. and 1 a.m.? I, I was actually pretty good for that job. but I have a picture of you bartending, um, actually. Yeah. Do you remember? I actually thought I was going to like work after and like not come back to school. So I took like some PR internship for like a month. And then I was like, everyone is having a lot of fun. And I'm in my mom's basement. <laughs> I forgot I'm you did back that. To school. I totally forgot it was, like, that. A, it was like three weeks. And then Amy I was and like, I were oh, alone in the apartment for three weeks without you. You were. Yeah. And then I was. Um, I don't remember that at all. I remember I came back and I brought you brushes and like beauty products from this internship that yes, I quit. Yes. Yes. It was- and I. Yeah. My mom was like, well, you can only go back if you get a job. So I was like, oh, great. I'll get in this academic bartending job. So I was bartending. But I remember being really depressed the night we made or the, the night before before we started it. Um, yeah. The night before Betches. <laughs> yes. um, so. <laughs> So, That's a good I mean, note to end this story on. So yeah, so the, yeah, Jordana was depressed. I was drinking and rebelling against my parents, not going to pre-med. Sammy was in a situation ship going skiing, barely. Eating Tobiko rolls. Eating Tobiko rolls. And we were like, it was the eve. Um, and of the it was the night that we started, we're about to start Betches, and we had zero ambition to start a company. We were just like we're going to start this, but we're not, we're going to stop here, guys. Sorry for the cliffhanger. We're going to get into all of that next week. All the deets, um, our thought process deets, around starting our it. first few weeks, our February first few months, 2011 months. And we'll talk all about that. Now it's time for the Dear Betches listener email of the week brought to you by Affirm. Shopping is a lot less stressful when you've got Affirm on your side. With no late fees or hidden charges, Affirm tells you exactly how much you'll owe and when you'll be done paying. So you can make the perfect purchase today with no gotchas tomorrow. The subject of our email this week is about the bonds you make in school and how do you know when it's time to admit that a relationship has run its course? This email comes once again from a listener of another one of our podcasts, but you can submit your questions to podcast at betches.com. In the next several weeks, we'll be fielding questions about dating, career, starting a business, even podcasting. So be sure to send in your questions too. Sammy, do you want to read this week's email? You know, I love reading, so I will. (laughs) 
dear Betches, here's the situation. I have a best friend from college who I've always been close to for about four years. Always for about four years. I really love her and value her as a friend. We've always really clicked and it's been one of the most important relationships of my life. However, recently she has been more and more distant. She unfortunately struggles with anxiety and depression and when she's having a hard time, she tends to not reach out or respond. This is not a problem as she's told me this is just how she reacts under pressure and I've told her I support her 100% if that's how she needs to cope. And then I'm here for her no matter what. But recently something has changed. She hasn't reached out in about six months while I text about once a month to check in. These are usually shorter replies and don't really keep the conversation going. We used to text regularly and I can just feel the vibe is way off from what it used to be. In addition, now she doesn't even open my snaps or things I sent her on Insta until days later, although she posts stories regularly. In the past year, she's moved and started at a new school and really started dating and hooking up for the first time in her life. From her social media, it looks like she's doing well, being social and is happy. I'm really happy to see she seems to be thriving despite the pandemic and all the new changes in her life. My question is, is she trying to phase me out of her life? It feels like I'm being friend ghosted. Or is there another explanation you can think of? The reason I haven't brought this up is because I feel like if I did, she would try to brush it under the rug and just say she's been busy, etc. because she is conflict diverse. Any help would be much appreciated. Love you guys and keep up the great work. Sincerely, the ghost of friendships past. This feels, I feel, I feel sad. <laughs> I hate to say what I think. Say what you think. Say what you think. The girl is friend ghosting her. Like she is. Well, this is not a mistake. It's been six months. She doesn't care. She's opening her Snapchats. Yeah. She, this girl is, this girl is, um, conflict avoiding clearly. Yeah. She's withdrawing a little bit from the friendship. So I think there's a couple, it could be personal, but it also could not be personal. It could be just like her feeling like, you know, they have less to talk about or she doesn't necessarily like have much to say or like the pandemic has sort of made her again. If she is dealing with just because her social media looks like she's having a lot of fun, that doesn't mean that she's having a lot of fun. Like she could be posting that stuff for a certain person or to like make herself seem a certain way. So I wouldn't like jump to the conclusion that she's like living this happy life without you and she hates you and she doesn't need you. Um. So I would start with that. I don't think this is like personal and it feels very personal, but like I, it usually isn't. It's usually about the person and like what they're going through. But even if it's not personal, like she still is doing it. Like this girl is still on the receiving end of it, of having herself, of having, of being ignored, essentially. I won't be ignored, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but she she is like, regardless of what, of this girl's intention, I believe she probably has anxiety. She's probably avoidant. She probably is like, the social media doesn't really tell you much, but like, or tell you like an accurate, accurate picture necessarily. But like, if you're the writer of this email, you're like, what the fuck? And like, may, like maybe she, she could say something, but I would say if, it, right. if saying something doesn't work, then I would maybe like try to move, move on. on. Yeah. yeah. I do think though ghosting implies that this person doesn't, isn't, doesn't want to be with you anymore. Whereas somebody who's avoidant, like you specifically, where it is personal, Whereas maybe if she's an avoidant person, maybe it's just avoiding having to have any type of conversation or like dealing. Maybe she's trying to avoid her past. Like it's not just about you or maybe what you represent to her, not necessarily what you are. So I think that like it yeah, could be that's a good point. like pieces of that. And if you don't how I don't know how self-aware she is. So if you were to really confront her and say, like, I feel like we're not that close anymore. Um I won't take this personally, but uh, no, don't say that. But uh, just ask like what's going on. And if she's just saying like, oh, I've been busy, 
I don't know if that's going to give you any answers, you know, like it's just, it's right. It's a hard the, situation. The one thing, the, the one thing that I do think is that like, regardless of how this does end up like playing out, assuming that you actually do separate as friends, like it is a mourning process. Like, if, like a friend breakup is like worthy of grief the way that like a boy breakup is like, it's not the same, obviously, but like it can be equally as like jarring or upsetting to lose a friend or to feel like you are on the verge of losing a friend. So I would like, just even though you might have to sort of like let her go, like part of that is you protecting yourself and like letting yourself kind right. of like go through that process and not be like, why am I so upset about this? Like you have a reason to be upset about it. Right. I also think though, if she like, I agree, like it's definitely a painful, hurtful process for her to like have to, to deal with that and let that person go. But I think like the most she should focus on like the stuff that she can control. So like the wall, what she can control is saying, saying something and telling her friend how she feels. So I would, and you wouldn't want to like just withdraw, I think without doing that. So I would say, I would text her friend. I would say like, Hey, it feels like we were not as close as we used to be. Like I, I miss our friendship. And like, it feels like when I try to reach out, you don't seem that interested. So, but like, maybe it's all in my head. Like I'd love to like talk this through with you. Um, and then see if she's, in, I mean, I wouldn't do this also through text. I'd say, I'd love to talk this through with you. And then I would get on a phone call with her. If she's not willing to do that, that's a bad sign. But like, I would get on a call and like talk it out. Cause again, there's a lot of, th- especially with the pandemic, I think there are a lot of things that pe- people aren't like seeing each other as often. So there's not as many periods like update about, you know, random things going on in your life. And I could see why if you, you know, if you're texting once a month, she might not like want to get into it. But I think that a, a phone call to like figure out what's going on is is one way to go about it. And I think if it doesn't improve from there, I think you can you can close the book on the friendship. But I also think a lot of friendships go through like waves, like ebbs and flows. Like sometimes mm. they're really strong and sometimes you're kind of like feeling a little bit more distant from someone. I think that's like that with relationships too. Like sometimes you're feeling closer to someone and sometimes it's just like not, you're not vibing in a certain way. And I think that you can get back there with some people and some people it kind of like you just fade away and it's not necessarily anyone's fault but maybe you like feel like you're a different kind of person or like you have less to talk about. And it is a little different, I think, than like a romantic relationship and that you can have many friends. And like just because someone isn't that close with you now, like doesn't mean eventually you can't like come back together as friends. I think that's good, I think advice. Good advice. Yeah. <laughs> you win. <laughs> no, that's good advice. Well, good luck. We hope you come out of this okay. And write to us at podcast at Betches.com so we can answer your questions in the future. Thanks again to the Ghost of Friendships past. We hope you found that advice helpful. But if you're looking for really good advice, try Affirm the next time you go online shopping with Affirm. You can pay over time at thousands of stores like The Real Real, David Yerman, Adidas, Allison Olivia, Rebag, Dyson Hair, and more. Whether you're shopping for one big ticket item or a few wishlist purchases, Affirm gives you a smarter and more transparent alternative to your credit card. Visit Affirm.com slash Betches to shop the latest in electronics, fashion, and more. Then pick the payment plan that works best for you. Aileen, you used a firm for your Peloton, right? Yes, I did. And I, I literally, it's really so good because it's basically a huge purchase. You know, the Peloton, which I mentioned earlier that I love. Um, it's a huge purchase. And why, you know, pay for that all in one piece when I could just kind of spread it out interest free. So Affirm just like kind of makes it really easy. So head to Affirm.com slash Betches to get started today. That's Affirm.com slash Betches or download the free Affirm app for eligible customers only. 
Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BETCHES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And enter the code BETCHES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, and use code BETCHES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Betch's co-founder, Aileen. And as you may know, we have been in the media game for a minute. And between meetings, podcasting, dinners, etc., I need a wardrobe that works with me, not against me. And that's why Lee is a staple in my wardrobe. I recently got this white jacket, jean jacket from Lee, and I got their button down. I must say that the quality is very, very good because when you wear a button down, it is very difficult to find one that doesn't kind of come apart. And this one is not only very soft and comfortable, like I can move my arms around, but I really, really like it. It just looks really cute. And it's like Western, Western's so in right now. And then I also love the white jacket I got. It's like off-white, but it has this blue stitching and it's like, I'm gonna wear it over the shoulders, perhaps on my vacation. I'm just really into it. And Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. It's a classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG and what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com, that's L-E-E dot com, that's L-E-E dot com to shop spring looks now. Okay, now we're going to play a game called Senior Superlatives, and to help explain how the game works and lead us through it, here's our very own Dana Samuel. Dana, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks for coming. All right. So like Sammy said, this week's game is called Senior Superlatives, and here's how it works. The answer to each question is going to be based on your own opinion of which of the three of you the superlative describes best. But the (laughs) the catch of it is to think back and answer how you would have if this were 2011, you were still in college. So think back. Not now. No, no, no. Oh, that's uh, well, embarrassing, no. potentially. Some of these would be problematic if you were thinking about them now. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so think back to what you were like senior year of college. You can choose yourself as the answer if you want, or you can choose 
um, one of the other two girls as well. But you're going to try and answer again how you would 10 years ago. So for example, if I asked which of the three of you is most likely to get married first, you might be tempted to say Aileen for the fact that that's how it happened. But would you have answered that way if it were 2011? Okay, so we'll get started with the fun one. Who was most likely to get drunk on a weekday? Aileen. All of us. <laughs> I would put Aileen um, because she used to go out like and make new friends. and Every like, day of yeah. the Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah true. you did. Despite okay. all of if she wasn't studying, party. she was drinking. Yeah, yeah. I'm studying or drinking or yeah. straightening my hair. <laughs> <laughs> all about the balance. Okay. <laughs> And next one is who was most likely to quit school to be on a reality show? Sammy. Me? Um, yeah. Jordana. Maybe. No, Sammy. No, Jordana, I think it would be more like. Senior year, hands down. Senior year. Okay, yeah, fine, yeah. fine, fine, fine. Not fine. senior year high school. Yeah. Senior year Sammy was okay, hands fine. down yeah, 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 okay. ready to sign up for her fame. <laughs> You were ready for your own show. You were. Okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like yeah. sending in the applications between classes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, during classes. <laughs> Next one is who was most likely to have a child first? Again, don't base it off of your actual reality. <laughs> Jordana. Alien, I think. No. I think Jordana. Have a child? Maybe because yeah. Jordana had boyfriends. <laughs> 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 Like, like longer boyfriends. Yeah. I had more toxic long-term relationships. <laughs> <laughs> that you might have a child to hold on to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Trap them. Okay. <laughs> Next one is who was most likely to be late to a final? Sammy? Sammy? Me? Me? No. You would go out there. Are you late? I don't think Jordana, you were sleeping 24-7. Yeah, Jordana. Jordana. I was sleeping a lot. Yeah. I would like get to the final on time okay. at the bare minimum. Jordana made her room like a dark, <laughs> a cave. Cave, cold cave. Oh, that was great. And oh, like no one went life. in it. <laughs> yeah, it was like on the side. <laughs> it was the smallest room. Yeah, you made it a cold You had your own bathroom. Oh, yeah, that's that nice. was my the trade-off. I think that I, I made out well. I'm looking at the bright lights coming in the window behind you like... <laughs> polar opposite of that yeah. cave description i have i use eye masks now instead of turning my room into like some weird solitary confinement um situation next one is who is most likely to buy a house in the suburbs aileen she's like she still is yeah. <laughs> i would say she's she would be also back yeah then. agreed really yeah i think yeah okay maybe you sammy <laughs> I don't know. You did like driving around. I do love driving. <laughs> you did. You drove around your Lincoln. Maybe. Bet, yeah. I think now. I didn't Aileen, have a Lincoln obviously. senior year. We went in your car. <laughs> Back in the day, maybe Sammy, I feel like you were actually pretty well situated to like a like suburban life, just like driving around, going to like Dunkin Donuts drive. Okay. Fair. 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 fair, fair. <laughs> no, fair. I'm not answer. situated to that now, though. The classic oh God, suburban. So true. Yeah. Stereotype. Okay. You're right. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Okay. Next yeah. one was who was the most likely to succeed in any field? Sammy was voted most likely to succeed in our high school actual senior yearbook. So I guess you by default. I I mean by the end of college 
I don't know. Maybe still. I don't know. Who yeah. The, who, who was. I, yeah. I don't I guess. Well, I was the one who was going to be on a reality show. So, you know. yeah, I'll, I'll let you keep that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You can, you can have this one. Well, now all our successes combined. So, right. <laughs> That's matter. fair. That's fair. OK, the last question. Who was the biggest hoarder? This is a family Hoarder. show. Sammy, I Sammy. think was a hoarder. Probably me. Yeah. You had a lot of shit in your room. No, I, I had yeah. curtains in my room. I had my grandmother's like art on the walls. Yeah. You and, like, did you open your closet? <laughs> did I open my closet? Yeah, you had like, so much clothes in your closet. Like it was just like your laundry. Yeah, you had a lot of I don't stuff. Remember. A lot of stuff. I did? Yes. I don't remember that. The denial like, of a hoarder. Exactly. <laughs> if my room was, okay, here's the, the time thing. To my room it. was always very clean because I I was I really like wanted my room to be clean because I needed somewhere to go when I, the living room was disgusting. So I kept my room extremely room, yeah. tidy. What reality? I don't are you remember it in? being that my room, my bedroom. <laughs> my bedroom was incredibly tidy. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> your dad and I strongly disagree. No, I can't promise believe you, just you referred to your bedroom it as was. tidy. It was. <laughs> it was very tidy. Nothing in that apartment was tidy. Whatever, ke- no. whatever keeps you asleep at night. I know Sammy. it was. I know it was. I made my bed okay. every day. Sammy, you didn't even do laundry in college. You would bring it. You would only do it when you would like bring it home to your mom. Well, that's why like, I had a lot of clothes, I guess. <laughs> so that I could oh make it. That's not the hallmark of a tidy person. I can't with the word, the abuse of the word tidy right now. <laughs> it so does not fit in that apartment. Nothing about the word okay, tidy fits in was, that series. It had fucking curtains. I'm going to find a picture. You'll see. Curtains doesn't mean tidy. No, but I, I in my head, I remember in my head, I was like, I need to keep this in a way. Great gardens because had curtains. Just because you kept, just because you wanted to, doesn't mean you did. I did. I brought it. I'll find photos of it. I will find okay. photos. Okay. Maybe right. I shoved all the shit in the closet, and that's how it was so tidy on the outside. I have a, I believe that that's probably true. <laughs> okay, so that's it for the second episode of this season of At Betches. Only eight more to go this season. We'll be back next week for episode three, where we'll be talking about starting a career, and in our case, starting a media company. That's right. Next week, we're going to be back, and we're going to tell you all the stories about how Betches actually came to be. So you should come back, because it's pretty interesting. It's, uh, it's quite interesting. We were there, and in the meantime... Check out the new Betches.com and our logos, everything. We just redid everything. We gave ourselves a little glow up. So please go check it out. We are celebrating 10 years and we appreciate all of our listeners here who have been following us for these last 10 years. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the At Betches podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the show. And follow me at Sammy. And follow me at Aileen. And you can follow me at Jordana Abraham. And of course, follow at Betches on Instagram, though I have a feeling you might already be. Send your advice emails if you need advice to podcast at Betches.com. And until next time, this has been the At Betches podcast. At Betches is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Dana Samuel. Editing by Sean Kilby and Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow at Betches on Instagram and send us your emails to podcast at Betches.com. 